Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a Gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals is where you can see all the packages. That's ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. $1.96 provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals. All right, welcome into the post Vikings Raiders. Although I'm not sure I can mention Raiders because they did not show up at US Bank Stadium. Purple Daily Podcast Show here. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad in the US Bank Stadium press box. Uh, Judd, this one was over fast, and the Raiders made virtually no effort to change that. And I feel empty inside after this Vikings win. I mean, it's exactly what they needed. They needed a whooping. It is exactly what I predicted on the show on Friday was a Vikings whooping. But I walk away from this saying, you know, when the Raiders give you a ton of penalties and they drop passes and their quarterback throws a horrendous interception when no one was even around said quarterback, I just feel like this game was over and we got nothing out of it except for a win that everyone had written down at the very beginning of the season, W next to Vikings Raiders at U.S. Bank Stadium. First of all, I'd like to start my portion of today's program by apologizing. I predicted 17-14 because I thought, oh, maybe Oakland will show up. Um, they, wrong, it Judd. Was, I was completely wrong. This was awful. This was, if I, all right, I understand that Vikings fans are going to say, we don't care. We just want the win. But honest to God, if I had bought tickets to this game, I would feel robbed. I might file a lawsuit against Oakland in the state of California for some type of fraud because this was – here's the problem. So when, when Zim and the boys go back uh, tonight probably to Egan to watch this film at the TCO Performance Center of, of Performance, as you like to call it, what's to be gleaned from this, Matthew? Like what's to be – they can run the football, but we knew that. Yep. And, and Oakland can't stop it. Okay, not surprising. Um Coming off the disappointment in Green Bay a week ago, though, with Cousins and the passing game, 
We learned nothing about the passing game. The Vikings defense is really good against really, really sorry offenses and quarterbacks, and Derek Carr is just not good. So, seriously, when, when you watch oh, – I will take this from them to you. When you go watch this film, as you like to do, okay, breaking down the game, what are you looking for? Well, that's a very good question, Judd, as the uh, football people like to say when they don't want to answer it. Um, uh, okay, I've got a couple of – tiny things that are more minutia than they are big picture because i think we both agree on the big picture that there just isn't a big picture here i mean you ran over a team that is really bad and is probably going to look for their future quarterback after this year i'm guessing the way that Derek carr has played i don't think john gruden uh, is going to look at him and say yeah there's my franchise guy i think he's somebody else's backup a year or two from now and he certainly plays like it, where he throws the ball quick, he makes horrendous mistakes every once in a while, and you kind of can't believe what he just did. But after so long, after a bigger sample, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Derek Carr. He's just not an impressive NFL quarterback. So, I mean, I got Raiders big picture stuff that they're not a good team. Uh, when it comes to the Vikings, it's more small stuff. It's the Eric Wilson discussion is kind of interesting that Anthony Barr didn't play and the Vikings really missed nothing. There was a bit of a miscommunication or Wilson got fooled, as I think many linebackers would, on the flea flicker from the 35-yard line, yep. which is I, kind of a rare play. You don't see that very often. Yep. Aside from that, though, he gets a sack, plays really well. The linebackers play great. Um, but the fact that Wilson can replace Anthony Barr and play just as good on a weekly basis as he did at times last year when he was filling in is both a benefit, but also you wonder, wow, could this have just been the linebacking core to begin with? Like, how much would that have impacted you? Um, I would say that the design on running plays by Rick Dennison, who is the run game coordinator. Do not forget that. He's offensive, doing a heck of a job. He is. Offensive line coach slash run game coordinator. And I think you see it in the fact that Alexander Madison also has a bunch of big runs. Yep. That their designs and their offensive line, uh, are they're certainly built to move, to be quick, to be fast, and to operate these zone runs. And they've done a spectacular job of that through three weeks. That did not change this week. Uh, unsurprisingly, their pass protection was better because this team can't rush anyone. I would say one technical thing that we broke down with the Packers playing those bootlegs. The Raiders did a bad job of playing the bootlegs because they're the Raiders and they're bad. But there were also, as Alex Boone described, some designed hot routes just in case. And there was one instance where the Raiders did try to blow up the bootleg and he dropped the ball off. Cousins dropped the ball off to Delvin Cook, creates a big play off of it. And it's like they saw that and decided, okay, we've got to create a fix here, and they did. So that's a good thing, I guess. Which, to Boone's point, though, um, when, when we talked to him about the Packer game, where was that play? Because that's not a hard play. You're, the guy basically, in Cook's case, leaks out, and he's right there, and Cousins can uh, drop off the pass. But I would say to me, if there was a moment in today's game when you say, all right, this thing is loser-proof, Raiders win the toss, elect to defer to the Vikings, Vikings get the ball, and on the first play from scrimmage from, I believe, their own 25-yard line, Kirk Cousins trips on Garrett Bradbury's feet, and ordinarily you'd say, oh, boy. And instead, the Vikings, I think, got to third down. The Raiders take a penalty, and, and the drive gets extended, and, of course, the Vikings score a touchdown. And so, yeah, I just I feel, to your point about uh, as a football fan feeling empty inside, I feel like I know nothing for 
next week's game with the Bears, which is obviously for the Vikings in Sol- uh, Soldier Field, a place they don't play very well, an incredibly important game, Matthew. And I don't feel like I can tell you much about that game. I don't feel like there was a, a corner turned. Um, if it, it, and here's the weird thing, too. Let's go to the quarterback play, Kirk Cousins. You know, first game he throws 10 passes, completes 8 of 10, and I thought played a very nice game, but there was no question in that game he managed that game. Green Bay, he comes back and was god-awful. And today he comes back, and it sort of goes back to, to this mentality of we're going to run first and Kirk don't screw things up, which Kirk didn't today again, but I can still tell you nothing. I think they're going to go into Chicago, and I think they're going to have some success probably on the ground, but it won't be as much because the Bears are very good defensively, right? And I think there's going to be times that Kirk Cousins a week from uh, today in Soldier Field is going to have to throw the football. And right now, I can't sit here and tell you with confidence what the hell is going to happen. Well, that's what I think of, Judd, after this one is you can definitely beat teams who are not very good or in your building if they make big mistakes right away. It's very easy to beat them with this running game because it's incredibly good. I mean, Delvin Cook today was averaging the type of yards per run that you usually get out of a yards per pass. I mean, that does not often happen. 6.9 yards per run. And Alexander Madison averaged almost five yards per run himself. Mike Boone averaged 9.3 yards per run. So as a you team, averaged three. As a te- I know. As a team, even with a couple of kneel downs, they were almost at six yards per carry. And if you're going to be able to do that, you can beat just about anybody with the run game. I mean, we've seen offenses in the past go back through history very rarely, but every once in a while, like the Detroit Lions with Barry Sanders, you average six yards a run. You're going to be a pretty good football team just based on that alone. And you don't have to be a dynamic passing attack. Uh, So, yeah, you can win those games. You can win them at home and you can win them when the other team gives you penalties and interceptions and things like that. And a missed field goal, by the way, by Daniel Carlson. Poor guy. Well, from what? 51 yards, though. But he doinked it. He doinked it. He doinked it. So I actually felt bad for him. Really? Why why were they kicking a field goal? They were down by so much. What's John Gray? Just go for it. It was fourth and 18. You dummy. Down 31 seven. You probably should go for it. Yes. Don't make him kick. but, But the question is whether they can win this type of game against a good team who doesn't make a bunch of mistakes and when can you do this on the road in somebody else's building where you're just pitching it out to delvin cook and he's getting seven yards of carry and he's breaking 25 yard runs and i don't doubt that cook will continue to be very good at football and that they'll be able to run it's whether you can win with just that as your offense Mm -hmm. i mean kirk cousins did a really nice job today doing everything he was asked to do just like i'll give him the same praise today as i did week one you did exactly what was called upon for you to win the game you did not do that in week two you did do that in week weeks one and three against teams that basically handed it to you right from the very start yes um but he played well i mean he made good throws and they got a pass interference hucking it down the field and he even took off sort of successfully well he didn't fumble this week right he got it but he got a 10 yard run he didn't fumble when he got hit at the goal line he didn't turn the ball over did not get sacked that was another big thing for him that he actually moved around the pocket pretty well i thought it was a good game for kirk cousins but you look at the schedule coming up Mm -hmm. and ask how many times cousins can throw 21 times and win how many times will they average seven yards a run and i'm telling you that 
you're going to see teams say, you know what, beat us with that run when we have a real defense, not the Raiders. Correct. That's, when we're yes. the Bears, beat us with that run. What, what the Packers said, and the Bears are better. Exactly. Yes. No, yeah, you're right. Exactly. You're exactly and, right. And when you go through the schedule, though, there are a lot of teams that are just way, way better. I mean, even Detroit looks pretty good. You know, Philadelphia is going to be tough. You have two Chicago games. You have to go to KC. And the way they just played against the Ravens defense, you're going to have to score a bunch of points against KC. I mean, this this what is frustrating about this, Judd, is we have to talk about it for a week, and I feel like I'm no farther along than last week. This felt like a preseason game. All right, so let's break it down this way, because we, we agree and have for a long time that U.S. Bank Stadium is a very tough place to play. And so you you know what? Your formula against a few teams might work here. Even good teams, maybe. Yeah, I could see but that. But let's break it down based on this, though. The road games. How many how many games can you take this? How Can you travel with this formula and be confident? I'm not saying you can't win a couple, but complete confidence that the formula, because I could see coming in, playing teams on this turf with your defense and, and Dalvin Cook and saying, yeah, you know what? We'll be pretty good at home. Our crowd is loud. It throws off offenses. Quarterbacks who we ordinarily don't think of as skittish get skittish. But let's take that on the road. And you tell me, how many road games are you confident this formula undoubtedly works with? Well, let's take a look. I got the schedule up here. I am not confident it works against Chicago. I am absolutely confident it works against New York. So there's one-to-one. I am no longer confident it works at Detroit. Because the way that Detroit has played so far this season, aside from giving up some special plays to Kyler Murray to tie that game in Arizona, they have looked like a real football team. It pains me to see, by the way. I know. It's got to kill you that Matt Patricia's team is off to a decent start. Give it time. But I think at this moment, you can't say, oh, it's just Detroit. Uh, KC, this won't work. Dallas, this won't work. Seattle, this won't work. Los Angeles, this won't work. So the point is that it's a very, very good win for the Vikings. They needed this. They needed the confidence. They needed the defense to play well right off the bat. They did. They needed Kirk Cousins to make the throws so he can feel like he's got some comfort level back there. But if we're trying to use this game to project anything forward, like, like in a bubble, this game, you could praise a lot of things for the Vikings that they did super well. But if we're trying to use it in any fashion to talk about other football games, I just really can't. I, d- I do want to throw a couple things at you, Judd, though. Let me start with how good is Delvin Cook? Like th- the run game for when anyone's out there has been good. But the things that he can do, dodging tacklers, I believe he broke five tackles on one play you today. You that did. was uh, pretty outstanding, even oh. if it's the Raiders. So he is he is special, but what are we talking about? I mean, are we talking about just one of the better running backs in the league, the best running back in the league potentially, one of the best running backs ever potentially? I mean, what are we talking about here with Delvin Cook? Well, considering he's been hurt, uh, was hurt for much of his rookie year and then obviously was uh, curtailed by the hamstring last year and missed some time, I don't think I can go near the best running back of all time conversation yet, but I think it's very safe to say that in 2019 – he is one of the best, if not the best, but one of, let's say, the top three running backs in this league. And and the fact that he has rushed for 100 or more yards in each of the first three games, by the way, becoming the first Viking to do that. And to put that into context, the Minnesota Vikings had Adrian Peterson for 10 years. 
he was there. He was basically the guy that they built their offense around, Matthew, for eight of those t- uh, 10 years, okay? Eight of those 10 years. He never did this. He didn't do this. Uh, the other thing that I love about Cook is he's a complete player. I'm not sure that you would call him a great blocker, but he can block a little bit. I know this. If you threw the ball to Peterson, it was dicey. He might drop it. He might not catch it. Dalvin Cook can catch the ball. And, and Dalvin Cook's ability to both play a physical game and to break tackles, but then turn around and make these unbelievable cuts where you say, oh, my God, the guy didn't touch him. And how did that take place? How did that happen? Dalvin Cook right now, I think it's safe to say, without it being hyperbole, three weeks in is one of the best running backs in the National Football League in 2019. And the only question is, with the current workload, can he stay healthy? That's the only question that I think it's going to take more time to see. But this guy is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is a special player who has uh, uh, multiple gifts as far as what he can bring. So in terms of the all-time versus how good is he now versus is he is he even in the conversation yet? Has he done enough? I will say this from a talent perspective. This is a guy who dropped in the draft not because of his talent but because of character concerns. He came into camp in 2017 and beat out two NFL players who were established, including one pro bowler, easily in training camp. And then, despite having an abysmal offensive line with no running game plan last year, that was the biggest DeFilippo failing. I still would say it's not how often he ran. It's how bad they ran, like play designs. We see it now. Rick Dennison is very good at his job. I think that's very clear. And DeFilippo did not have a good run package, I guess you could say. And he still averaged 4.6 yards a carry, which is well above average and terrific, just based on basically pure talent alone. So now when they have these more intricate designs and things to help throw off misdirection and so forth, I think what you're seeing is Delvin Cook is one of the smartest running backs that I have ever seen in terms of following his blockers, knowing where the cutback lanes are, understanding the defense and what he's seeing out there, and using his intelligence along with his burst, along with his speed. You know who it kind of reminds me of? is like Marshall Falk, like somebody who had all those gifts, but then they also had that a physical ability to run somebody over, and then the mental capacity to analyze what was going on in very high speeds. I don't think Adrian Peterson was ever that. I think he ran the wrong way a lot and is the most physically gifted running back to ever play in no the history pa- of the he game. He had no patience. Yeah. Cook has patience. Yeah, yeah. And I so AP is is just you know an incredible physical specimen Correct. who could run past everybody and was untackleable. But I think Cook is a, is a more complete player and more of a combination of intelligence with skill, and it's remarkable to watch. I mean, especially when you watch it on tape where you can see from behind with the blocks and how he lets them set up and everything. I mean, it's truly spectacular to see what he can do. So, I I mean, I, I think that in terms of just what his potential is, it is to be one of the best running backs to play in franchise history, but, I mean, you're right. He has to stay healthy first. It's got to be more consistent. You know, it has to go for years and years to be that as of right now if you were drafting from all the running backs in the entire nfl you might take them first if you are a a football fan and this is the highest compliment that i can uh pay cook right now this game today vikings raiders was awful to watch it was literally it was cringe worthy football it was terrible and it was a joy to watch cook play yep and i'm going to tell you right now there weren't there weren't a lot of human beings on that field where I said, oh, this is interesting. It's fun to watch. It was ineptitude on the part of the Raiders. 
uh, good for the Vikings for taking advantage. But Dalvin Cook is, and this has been true of the first three games, Dalvin Cook has been a joy to, to watch. Part of the reason why I thought the Packers lost, if I'm the Vikings, was so maddening was Dalvin Cook was brilliant. And the run blocking was fantastic. And you said, okay, can't your quarterback just get you there? Because Dalvin Cook, um, the, the way that he finds holes, the way that he breaks tackles, the way that he runs, everything is great. All right. Um, let me switch gears to somebody else on the offensive side who has not produced a whole lot in these first few games. And I'm wondering when you think this could be an issue with Stefan Diggs. So I, I did a piece where I looked into his routes from last week when they threw him the ball, compared it to with Filippo uh, last week, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And what we saw was a lot of quick throws in 2018 to Stefan Diggs. And he was very successful, a hundred catches, a thousand yards, this year so far, he's off to a very, very slow start. If you have him on your fantasy team, you are extremely upset. When I watched the Packers tape, he was open a lot in that game, and Kirk Cousins could not find him because of the sheer amount of pressure that was on him from the Packers. Today, there weren't even looks in his direction. I mean, sometimes he was on the sideline with his helmet off, and they were playing Chad Beebe. There were times where they had three tight ends in, actually kind of often. I'll look at it when those numbers come out. But, I mean, there were a lot of situations where there were two and three tight ends, and Stephon Diggs wasn't even necessarily on the field. Adam Thielen's numbers have not suffered so much. They're not like they were last year, but they have not suffered exactly. I mean, what... what is going on here, and how much longer is Stefan Diggs going to put up with not getting the football? Okay, this is juicy. This is juicy because of this. This is a Zolgadian topic. Well, it, but and we've seen this though, and you know, you know how the story might end. The what makes this juicy is, I firmly believe the people that are in charge of this offense are doing their best to feature Cook and to conversely get Cousins not to lose games, but he doesn't have to win games, which is incredibly dicey okay because to uh, to your point about going through the schedule especially on the road that might not be possible we saw it in green bay where where um cousins tried to find digs in double coverage so here's what i would say i think that this is actually going to be because cook's stats you're right are substantially down but i believe the conversation here is also just as much about um uh digs and thielen combined because you can say okay the quarterback's not as good as we thought. We paid him a lot, but it's a sunk cost. Delvin Cook's going to win us games in our mind, and we're going to we're going to basically use Cousins in this way, shape, and form to be as successful as possible. And Cousins might not like it, but that's just too damn bad. But now you're talking about the fallout of that decision, which is, is this something wrong with Diggs and Thielen, and Diggs in particular, or is this that they are the, the sort of victims of a mindset that say, well, Kirk's not that good, guys, and so sorry— because this goes back to receivers being weird people sometimes and complaining because it's one star position in sports where you control nothing. If your quarterback goes in the toilet, if your quarterback's not that good, guess what? You don't get the ball. Guess what? That's not your fault. Guess what? You get PO'd about it. So to, to answer your question in the road that I see us going down, Matthew, I don't know that there's a Diggs problem. I don't know that there's a Thielen problem. I do think that there's a Kirk problem and that they are going to be the, what, what's the opposite of the beneficiary of that. Mm-hmm. And so um, ordinarily a situation like this, though, doesn't mean both guys say, oh, you know what? Um, you know what, Gary and Kevin and Mike Zimmer, that's okay. We're fine. We're just happy. They say it for a while, and then they say, 
well, hold on a second. We didn't win, win the football game, and I was, as you just said, in Green Bay, wide open six times. Right. So this is going down a very intriguing path that I think starts with the fact that there's been a realization for this team to be as good as the coaching staff thinks that Kirk Cousins probably can't throw the ball as much as two really good elite wide receivers probably want him to. I think the question here is how they will handle future losses and frustrations when things don't go well on offense just trying to use Delvin Cook as the entire offense. If you get shut down in the running game, let's say next week against the Chicago Bears, they're very capable of doing that. Or it's not shut down necessarily. Let's say it's like four yards a carry where some are good, some are bad, but you're not just steamrolling the other team. And Diggs still isn't getting the ball. Or he's got two catches for 30 yards or something like that. And I think that it's a situation where if you're winning, it's very hard to be the squeaky wheel. It's very hard to be the guy who's saying, hey, throw me the ball or whatever. It's not really Diggs' personality to be that way. He's not going to come out in the media and say, I can't believe they're not throwing me the ball or anything like that. I mean, he has been a very uh, good teammate the entire time I've been here, so far as I can tell. And even this week, he came out to take some of the blame on that interception from Cousins, which was clearly not in any way, shape, or form Stephon Diggs's fault. It was entirely on the quarterback. But he still, you know, came out to uh, do some of those things, um, you know, to, to to make those statements and kind of make it clear where he stood that he wasn't upset or anything else like that. Yep. So that that kind of told me that it's at least in the back of Diggs's mind that people are thinking about his production. Like, when is he going to be upset? And he almost wanted to make it clear, like, I'm good, I'm good. But that's for now. I mean, that's especially when you get a win this week, he's going to be fine. I just wonder how that's going to be as we go down the road. I mean, how many games these guys are going to come out and say, well, you know, I mean, I guess they don't have to throw it to us, but they probably should. You know, I mean, if you watch the film in Green Bay and saw him open quite a bit and the ball was not thrown in his direction, how many times do you think he's gone back and watched those plays himself and thought, damn, I was oh, open? So I'm sure he thinks so the same thing. Only, here, my experience in covering receivers and especially good ones is there's only so long that they can say that's fine. And you're right, especially if you lose games and and ideally they don't voice it publicly. But you got to think that someone's going to go into Koobs or Stefanski and say, "Uh, guys, what's going on here? Dalvin Cook's really, really good. But so am I. There's egos here. There's a lot of things at at work here. And we know Kyle Rudolph did that last year, that he was frustrated by the amount of catches he was getting, and now he's not getting the ball, and they threw to Irv Smith a few times. And Irv Smith might be the guy. I mean, Irv Smith looked really good today. He did. So that's another thing is I have been extremely impressed with Irv Smith's first three weeks. I mean, clearly he wasn't an impact player in Green Bay, but his first week and this week were both very good, and even in the run blocking he seems to be strong. But the point just being, okay, now we're going to throw to Irv Smith more. And now Rudolph's going to get kind of pushed aside. And now Stephon Diggs is going to kind of get pushed aside because Delvin Cook is the main feature. And how is this all going to play when this team hits adversity? Does it sort of become like, hey, get me mine because this is... This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. 
This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.